This podcast is brought to you by Shout Engine. In less than five minutes, you can start your own podcast for free with ShoutEngine.com. So, uh, Hooniverse episode 113, this is the first episode we've done in the studio without uh, without Mr. Blake Wrong, who's enjoying his time in Austin, Texas. Sad days. Oh, He's yeah. Uh, and then we have Mr. Jeff Glucker is out uh, with some very good news this week, but we'll leave that story for him to tell. Uh, of course, this week's stand in is the co-host, is Jason Connor. Hey, I'm here. You're and listening then, to me in your ear holes once yeah, again. There you go. And then we've got Ken, the master of uh, the master of Mountain here in the United States. <laughs> the master of Mountain. Yes. Thank you. Good CEO is the official title, right? Uh, president, CEO. President. I don't know. It's it's yes, president. Those is the official title. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, st stuff. You guys yeah. have been moving a lot of hardware. I'm sure. That's right. Yeah. Um, it's it's it's. Uh, been great for us. I mean, with the Focus ST, the Fiesta ST, and uh, yeah, even some of the non-ST uh, vehicles, uh, such as the standard uh, Fiesta and, and Focus, we have products for. But uh, yeah, it's definitely a good time to be in the Ford business. Yeah, Ford's been kind of on a roll for the last three years or so. Mm-hmm. It's uh, pretty remarkable. Uh, Jason can speak to that pretty well because he was the guinea pig for all the Mountain parts here in the States. Guinea pig or patient zero. I don't know what we're going to call myself. <laughs> you were, actually. Yeah, we uh, we actually used your car for all the CARB certification. And uh, uh, so thank you again for all of that. It was uh, many moons and many miles ago. I drive a lot. Yep. Yeah, I yeah, you do. What was the, what the was the mileage and what's? I think I had four thousand miles on the car when we did the kit, and I just hit thirty seven thousand miles, and we got the kit last April. Yeah, and so that's, that's true. <laughs> You're right. It was four thousand because it it actually has to be uh, four thousand miles on the vehicle for the for the air resources board testing. Oh, really? So, yeah, it, it just turned. 4,000 miles, Man, I recall. That, it, our part was quick. Mm-hmm. They, it was th- like three and a half weeks they had the car. And I, was, mm. I was getting a little antsy, just a little y- bit. You were. You were. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's going on? What's going on? Well, it, was not, it was not me. So it was my better half that was like, when are you getting your car back? So that there's that. So going down to a one-car family, uh, when she, she works from home, but still, uh, if she wants to leave and I'm at work. Yeah, my car's gone. But it was all new at the time, and yeah. you know, it three was, and a half uh, weeks is really fast though, because I've had cars out for develop, that I've loaned out for development work, and mm-hmm. they've been gone for two months sometimes. Yeah, well, this was actually just the uh, the testing uh, that we, you have to do to to get a carb uh, exemption order. So the actual testing itself wasn't, um, you know, it's about a week's worth of time. But then there's all the report writing and everything else that the the test lab does. So uh, the parts were already developed when when that when that happened. But uh, yeah, it was it was great, and they're still on the car and they're still working great. I, I I've, I've really had uh, the only issue that was on the car was something normal was that TSB for the wire splice that I ended oh, up yeah. having to have done, which is a normal Focus ST problem. Uh, which is um, something with the ground. It's like a grounding out. Yeah, it caused yeah. some drivability issues, so they had to go um, on and do this wiring ground. Yeah, splice I think stuff. they they re-spliced it or soldered up one of a, a loose connection. I don't recall what it was, but uh, yeah, it was a warranty. They type. they ended up fixing yeah. it in a warranty. They had to get the car flash back to stock, and then they had to do that because the MP two seven five you can't just flash back. 
So at the time, you couldn't, yeah. but you, you can now. So Lucky me. <laughs> so <laughs> That's why you're the guinea pig. I am the guinea pig. <laughs> so we've seen kind of like how big the ST tuning community has mm-hmm. become over the last uh, last couple of years, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, so how long has – obviously, Mountain's been around for quite a while in the U.K. market. Sure. Um, when did that actually start? Uh, well, the company was formed in 1980 by uh, uh, David Mountain, hence the, the name Mountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and David is, is – uh, Dave's still with the company. He's technical director and, and heads up the motorsport side of the business. So all of the global rally cross engines and British touring car engines and Chinese touring car engines, uh, uh, that's his program. So he started the business back in uh, – 1980, though, uh, building Mini Cooper engines, uh, you know, oh, the okay. British Leyland A-Series in, in the classic Mini. Yeah. And, and um, uh, Probably went on Cosworth's. Uh, or, yeah, and, and, yeah, that, yeah. And, and what happened is, uh, in, in, to make a, a long story short, is that Ford and, and Cosworth developed the YB, which was the twin cam engine in, in the Sierra Cosworth. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, he had built one uh, for a recce car, which is a, a pace note type, a car that you use for pace notes and rallying for Carlos Sainz. And um, Carlos went out and, and did did pace notes with the car and, and came back and told Ford, hey, I want this engine in my rally car. So they put it in the rally car, and he won the rally. And I, I, if I recall right, it was some significant rally, like the Monte Carlo. And and uh, after the rally, Ford called up uh, David and said, hey, you know, can you build more engines or build Carlos's engines? And mm-hmm. he said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll build all of your engines. And, and that's how the uh, relationship with Ford started. And so uh, all through the 80s and 90s and, and uh, clear up to now, I mean, Mountain has been involved uh, with Ford at, at, the, uh, you know, at, the, at the highest level of motorsports and uh, uh, WRC, uh, uh, British Touring Car, World Touring Car. Uh, you know, it just goes from strength to yeah, strength and, in and the four-cylinder side of things. BTCC is, is one of the greatest mm-hmm. racing series that I've ever seen. I mean, mm-hmm. it's so aggressive and they're so crazy. Um, they do say, I mean, it's some great wheel-to-wheel racing that they do. Contact racing is mm-hmm. the best. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I'm not talking about smashing into each other, but a little rubbing. Hey, we're yeah. going to go to our Days of Thunder days. Yeah. Rubbing's racing. Yeah. So put that it's very competitive. Yeah. Them in the V8 supercars are like mm-hmm. the most entertaining things to watch ever. Yeah. I think it. I think it comes down to the uh, the British Commonwealth. All the racing series that happen in the Commonwealth are going to be really entertaining to watch. Yeah, I mean they do, they they race over there at a different level than what we do here in the states. I mean, you know, racing is is really a, a part of uh, you know the culture there, and and not just for automotive enthusiasts. It, it's households are in you know in yeah. like you might be into football here. I mean, households are into. I mean, you see those documentaries on YouTube all the time. Usually, and lately, it's been with you know younger families that are like all the drifting mm-hmm. because it's relatively inexpensive as far as motorsport to get into. That's and correct. it's a lot of fun, and it's easy to you know it's easy for spectators versus rally which is great it's kind of expensive and it sucks for spectators because you just can't see much yeah and the thing with the uk are there's so many racetracks too i yeah. mean it's just you know and around london i mean there's there's great tracks within a few hours of london so it's it's a, it's, a it's great the culture one positive aspect that's left over from world war ii yep all those airfields are now racetracks. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, is for and, and that's from what I've seen is like you don't see a lot of the the street. And here we go with this: the terribleness of street racing is it doesn't really happen as much over there because there's such an outlet that you can actually go to track days easily, readily available, mm-hmm. and they're everywhere. Yeah, there are a lot of track days, and and I you know I, I, I envy that. I mean, living in Southern California, I mean we do have a few racetracks, but. 
you know, it's just that that culture doesn't exist. Well, like and you've got to go Canada. an hour and a half, two hours to get to most of those tracks, and it's very hot. too. It is very hot. All our tracks are in the middle of the desert, yep. um, and I I chalk that up strictly to real estate. Mm-hmm. You That's know, true. our real estate here is so expensive that our racetrack is just a big chunk of undeveloped land as far as most people go. And some of the racetracks we did have out here, uh, they've gone just straight up out, out of business. And the, some of the yeah. stuff that was uh, in the Southern California mm-hmm. history of racing, uh, a lot of those tracks are now gone. Yeah. And and the thing is, is things like, uh, I think that they, did they still do them or do they do them still at El Toro? You could do something out there. Yeah, they do have events down there every once in a while. But, but they, just, I mean, they're big organized sanctioned things It's that you'll get two or three times a year maybe it's not like a local drag strip where you can go down every weekend and do a test and tune night for 20 or 30 bucks at the door yeah. and just the track surface there is just not optimal it's just not as kept as it, no as it should el be. toro is a very it's rough not, old yeah. airfield i mean you go down that it's like drag racing on a street with potholes every 30 feet yeah, it's just like you said, it's not kept up. No. So, yeah, but I mean, you know, that's the thing in England. I mean, the, the motorsport culture and, and performance automotive culture is very strong. And, you know, it's worked well for Mountain. And and, uh, uh, and then about 10 years ago, we started uh, developing uh, uh, performance kits for Ford of, 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 of UK and, and, and uh, Europe. And, uh, uh, you know, was that uh, predominantly with the previous generation Fiesta? Or? Yeah, well, there, there's you know the Mark Six Fiesta yeah. and, and the and the Mark II Focus that we didn't uh, get here in the states. Right. The older RS and and, and which ST. everybody knows for the uh, yeah for the five cylinder RS the five the five cylinder car. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. And uh, so we we did quite a bit of work for Ford on those, and, and the kits were sold uh, through uh, through uh, Mountain and then the Ford available in the Ford dealers, and uh, uh, and then uh, I think you know that that really. Uh, you know, put us on the map in the in the in the street performance world, if you will, uh, especially in Europe. And and it didn't make sense for for Mountain to be in the states at that time because we didn't have the cars here. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, we were we were still running that first generation Focus. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we got Ford really milked that platform here. Yeah, they, that know. that platform, I think, you know, had two or three facelifts over the years, but it was still the same underpinnings. And originally, I mean, it was a you know a good car, but I think over time it you know became a little bit dated. But you know, luckily for us, I mean, we do get uh, you know the 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 STs now, and and um, you know, and then the RS, of course, is coming, which is you know, I think brings a smile to everyone's face. Which, but, yeah, Matt you know. and I, uh, when we went to the Forza event a few weeks ago, they actually had, it was probably almost two months ago now, they had a GT350, the GT, and an RS there. Mm. Uh, and everybody, everybody's looking at the GT, and we're like, I'm climbing under and looking at, looking for how they set up the drive shaft <laughs> under the RS and everything. I'm like on the floor, and I'm sure people are like, what the fuck is he doing? So, Oh, yeah, you're looking for that rear differential that's so essential. So. Well, I'm just curious to see how they actually fit everything under there. Mm-hmm. Just the packaging stuff, because it's just, yeah. it, seems, it, it doesn't seem visibly that drastic of a change from the standard ST. So how they got that done is, I, got it, I really want to get that car on a lift and see what they did. Yeah, because that center section where the tunnel is, which is obviously where they're going to put a drive shaft now, now where are they putting the exhaust? That's I couldn't really see very well with, from you know with the car. You know, it, it's a bit lower than the regular Focus too. I mean, it's probably a good inch lower. I'd yeah, say it could be. I don't know. I haven't noticed it. I know, um, you know, some of the cars that we've had at our UK facility. Um, 
mock-ups, mules, whatever you want to call them, have, have had different uh, exhaust configurations. Some have been dual exhaust. Some have been single. So okay. I'm not sure what the final spec is going to be. This one yet. was a dual, but, I mean, this could very well be a development mule, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything looked pretty finished, but, I mean, they're building on a platform that's been settled for a while, so sure. you'd expect it to look finished. Yeah. Um, so... Fiesta was kind of the big car for the UK market, right? That's right, yes. Fiesta's popular over there. It's popular here, too. But, I mean, you know, you have to consider the road sizes, taxes, fuel uh, uh, fuel cost. And um, uh, the Fiesta is very popular in the UK, and, and we sell a lot of upgrade kits for it. Uh, we did also – so the current Fiesta is what we call the Mark 7, and then the previous version is the Mark 6. Uh, the Mark 6 was normally aspirated. Normally aspirated, yeah. yeah. This is the first uh, – the current Fiesta ST is the first turbocharged version. Um, and that's a huge, huge performance difference. I mean, if you just look at the numbers on the old one versus the new one, I mean, it's it's night and day. It is night and day, and, you know, obviously having a turbocharger on there makes the car uh, more tunable. I mean, it's easier to add power. Uh, the normally aspirated versions, I mean, you're always going to be limited to what you can do to it and still have the car drivable. So, yeah, know, thankfully, the turbos are on the, the STs, so that makes it great yeah, for the all com- of us. The conversation comes up every now and then of, like, I've got a normally aspirated car. What would take the turbo in? I've done that before, and I always tell people, don't turbo no. a normally – well, at least a modern normally aspirated car. Yeah. It's a giant pain in the ass. Yeah, very difficult. Um Versus, you know, you get cars like this or, you know, I, the one that really sticks out in my mind here that took off in the States first was the Eclipse cars mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is everybody was. And maybe it's just because of my age, but I mean, maybe the Grand National before it, but I, you didn't see as many Grand Nationals on the road as you did those first gen and second gen Eclipses yeah. where everybody was like, oh, you mean all I have to do is change a wastegate spring and I can up <laughs> the boost? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I think, you know, the, the automotive control systems were a little bit more, uh, you know, I guess less complex than what they are now. I mean, if you look at the, the, the uh, ECU and the, all the control control strategy on the uh, the Fiesta ST and the Focus ST, I mean, they're very dynamic. And it used to be, you know, you could put different octanes of fuel in your car and you really wouldn't get a, a, a big increase in power, whereas the Focus and, and Fiesta, I mean, if you put uh, 100 octane in there, you'll see a noticeable increase in performance because the ignition timing, it will advance it. To well, the, the point modern, of, I mean, both the Ford and the GM ECUs mm-hmm. these days, I mean, they do a great job at advancing spark if they see that there's no knock going sure. on in the motor. And that's the great thing is like, yeah. used to be if you didn't pump at least 91 in your turbo car, you'd probably pop the motor after a certain amount yeah. of time versus now we can put piss water 87 in, <laughs> you know, that we can only, when you're out in Barstow and that's the only thing available. Um, and if you're you not going to worry about, yeah, if you have to, and I haven't, mm. I've run into that before. It's just like, well, this is all we got is 87. And so. I remember something that I remember we talked uh, last year uh, when we were talking, you're doing that 50, 50 blend. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's there's I live in northern San Diego and there's that's fifty fifty regular and alcohol and hundred no hundred octane and ninety one so just oh okay. yeah, yeah half you can buy okay hundred yeah. octane at yeah. some of the pumps in Southern California so you blend it with the 90, usually the Sunoco's right uh, seventy six in, in Orange it's County has it man I'm trying to remember if it's a or wait they don't have Sunoco's out here do they no yeah. I no no it was I think it is Sunoco I have to go double check it might it. actually be Sunoco fuel but it is sold at the seventy six stations I'm gonna go back and double yeah. check that because I know there's like literally Literally five miles from my house, I can get 100 octane at the pump. And yeah, it makes me happy. But then you get addicted to it. I because it was a problem because it is I went problem. through three tanks of it. And I'm like, and then I had to go. I was like, I can't keep. It was they cap you at seventy five dollars. Well, it's ten dollars it a gallon too. So that seven, doesn't. I got that was seven ninety nine in San Diego. Wow, really? Oh yeah, it's, it's, oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, no, real, no. it's, it's ten dollars in Newport Beach. So that's that's yeah. the price of real yeah. estate, Ken. Yeah, that's true. It's uh, yeah. I mean, I remember when I was in Florida. I mean, it was like a good. 
It was only like a 50 or an 80 cent premium over regular gas there. But, oh, I mean, yeah. Florida is, I mean, it's that, the east, the but it's the Wild West. <laughs> Everything and anything goes there. So, so you know, back on that, I mean, you know, you can blend it or you can run full 100 octane, and it, it actually makes a big difference in the car and, and uh, you know, 20, 30 horsepower. And it's really the same uh, you know, incremental difference if you had 91 octane versus 93 that you can get in some yeah. parts of the country. So, uh, you know, it, it does allow for uh, some really interesting things with these cars. And, and the performance upgrades that we do, I mean, they're, you know, they're really engineered to take advantage of all of these um, features that the Ford ECUs have. Uh, well, you, you know, guys so. are, I mean, basically joined at the hip with Ford this, at this point, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's the, that's the relationship we have with Ford. Uh, you know, I guess you could uh, look at it to so uh, how Mugen is to Honda. And I don't know. I wouldn't really say maybe AMG because you know well, they the were Mercedes, acquired. But, yeah, but, but maybe but, you know a days, good example yeah. would be Polestar, which was just acquired a couple of weeks ago that's by true. Volvo. Mm-hmm. But similar situation where you guys are mm-hmm. very very tightly knit. Yeah, I mean we do a lot of motorsport uh, work for them again with the the rally cross and uh, touring car and uh, and then with uh, all of these uh, performance parts. And so yeah, in the in the United States, our uh, uh, our kits and our products are we sell direct as well, but. Um, we sell to Ford Performance, and they distribute the products out through uh, all 3,000 Ford dealers in the right. USA and Canada. And, and uh, the important thing with that is is that a lot if you have either you guys or an author, another authorized installer mm-hmm. or Ford to do it, it's warrantied. That's true. You maintain your warranty. It doesn't void the warranty. Plus, it, uh, there's an additional warranty that uh, Ford Racing puts on uh, on the kit as well. So oh, okay. Yeah, you're pretty well covered. And actually, that's just recently been opened uh, opened up to. It used to be that uh, the kits had to be uh, installed at uh, a Ford dealer or by Mountain, but Ford has agreed to allow any ASC certified uh, workshop in the USA install the kits. And that's still. really so that's, good. So that's pretty huge, yeah. That, I mean, makes that, but that makes all the sense in the world because, I mean, the stuff that you guys build, I mean, it bolts on like the OEM sure. stuff. So. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to screw it up. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it is. We try to maintain OE quality, and that's part of the, uh, you know, the condition that we have to meet with Ford is, is uh, you know, they tech it, they test it, they look at it, they make sure it meets uh, a certain criteria, and and for that reason, like you said, it it does uh, install just as easily and maintain that same quality as an OE part. So obviously, we got this long history of Mountain working mm-hmm. with Ford UK. When does when do things start coming into picture with with uh, the United States market. Uh, we we actually uh, uh, formed the company in 2013. Um, uh, so, you know, two and a half years ago, really. I mean, it's just. It's, and then you were you were on board from the very beginning, or yeah, that's correct. Um, I was actually at uh, Autosport, uh, which is the big uh, motorsports show in the mm-hmm. UK, in January of uh, uh, 20, 2013, actually, and. Uh, uh, talked to David Mountain, and you know he said we wanted to be in, uh, you know, Mountain wants to be in the United States because Ford is selling the ST cars there. And did did um, did I know of anybody that could help him get started? And I said, well, I raised my hand and said, let's do it. So, so what were you doing before? I, I was actually a sales director at Cobb Tuning. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, so yeah. it's a very natural progression for you. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'd been there, uh, I guess, a year, year and a half, and uh, I, you know, it's Cobb's a great company as well. And I just wanted something really. I, I, I saw the Ford market as an opportunity. I've, I had always been a, 
I guess what you might call a, a European Ford fan. I mean, I've I've had a lot of older Fords, uh, Ford Cortinas and yeah. Anglias, and even a first generation Fiesta. But before Cobb, I was at Cosworth for many years, and so yeah. um, you know, and that's a natural as well. And uh, so, uh, as they say, I speak British, so it made sense. And uh, you know, it's 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 unnecessary ease on the end of all your words. Yeah, yeah, uh, and spell color wrong and yeah. catalog wrong, but. Uh, so yeah, we we you know we looked at the opportunity and and um, uh, plus I I had contacts within Ford here at, in in Dearborn just for, on the motorsport side mm-hmm. and performance part side and and so really you made all the sense in the world to go into that position if if you were if I was coming in as the CEO of another company I go I need another just you know subsidiary in another country oh this guy's got all the hookups yeah yeah well yeah for sure um, but you know I mean for me too I mean it was exciting it's you know I I I like the brand and. I always like to be involved in companies that have a solid engineering background and, you know, mounting definitely has that. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I appreciate the motorsport side of the business as well. And, and there's a lot of opportunities, uh, for mounting, uh, in the USA with that. So we're, we're starting to explore that too. So, you know, aside from the, the performance parts and road car parts, we're, we're branching out into, uh, I would say mid-level motorsports. So, okay. um, uh, so yeah, I mean it's it, Mountain again. Like I said, it's you know it's it's got such a rich history and a great um, you know foundation in in the marketplace, and it just made sense. And so um, we 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 formed the formed the business, and it's just it's just been going crazy uh, ever since. And you know we have a lot of great customers and and uh, uh, supporters, and 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 you know the, we see the way Ford uh, is expanding. Um, the performance parts i'm sorry the performance vehicles in the usa or well, i guess globally if you look at it it's just a great opportunity i mean i think we've all seen the the information that they've released where there's going to be 12 new performance vehicles in the next five years so yeah you know, I, it's not to bash ford but i think ford really hasn't been this cool since the 60s when they you know released the gt40 and the the original mustang i mean yeah, there's a I lot mean, of stuff going on and, it, and it's it's been crazy over the last mm-hmm. few years it's not even just ford it's all it's the three major american mm-hmm. brands mm-hmm. have been coming out with cool i mean they finally got out of their 30-year funk you know yeah where they're all doing cool stuff now you know ford's really hitting out of the park you know left and right Chrysler's had a few cool things. I mean, their Hellcat cars are ridiculous. Yeah, so much crazy fun. horsepower. I mean, they said they were announcing the compound boosted one last week. That's eight hundred horsepower. There, there's got to be a point where it's just like, okay, are you going to keep selling these cars to the public? Because people are going to die. And we keep saying, I know we say that a lot. Hey, you got rental cars with three hundred horsepower. That, and we were saying that years ago. That these cars are now, you know, wait, people have access to these kinds of mm-hmm. cars now. Are they really going to be able to handle it? And, uh, and the, and the yeah. thing is, is saying that with the the old GT five hundreds, that that chassis is, it, it's a straight line chassis car at best. It was uh, overpowered and underbraked, as yeah. far as I was concerned. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and then you know you got you got GM doing some amazing things right now too. It's a very cool con- time to be watching this, and especially because. All these brands finally figured out why are we building a different model for every region, you know? Which I think Ford was the first one to really click on that and go, "Oh, we really need to start bringing some of the stuff engineered in Germany over the U.S." Yeah, that's true, and it, I think you know that really hits home when you talk about the RS because all of the RSs will be built in Germany, yeah. regardless of where they're sold. Whereas uh, you know the Focus ST and Fiesta ST are built in North America for our regional market. So, isn't the Fiesta mostly put together in Mexico? That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
but um, which doesn't matter yeah, one way or another. It's just yeah, uh, yeah. It's still America. But uh, if you look at the Focus ST, I think uh, the engine comes from Spain or originally. I think did. it was engine Spain, transmission Germany, built mm-hmm. in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So so it's just flat like, rock. It's I all mean, over there. Ford's got a giant engine manufacturing facility in the UK. I mean, like one of the largest in the world. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's it's just. It's cool to see all this stuff finally coming together because now we're not getting that jealousy of cross-market. Like, oh, I wish I could get the RS. Well, we're finally going to get the RS. Well, we still get a little bit of that because everybody wants a three-door Fiesta ST instead of a four-door. But yeah, yeah. I did originally, but you know what? I don't care anymore. Yeah, after you drive it, you don't care. The, the I mean, thing is, yeah. is, especially with those five. Do- uh, what can I, I hate calling it five doors. It's just so annoying to call yeah. it that. But regardless, the thing is, is, is I'm a fairly tall gentleman, and I like to be, it, now. I'm very used to it because I had a GTI previously, okay. and to be able to get in and out of the car in a tight parking space with having four doors and having shorter doors is so much easier. Really? Okay. I, I, en- I enjoy it just because it's just I'm able to get in and out and just use it as a daily. It's easier to just use it as a daily driver rather than having very long doors because I'm used to, I've been used to Camaros as Chris is as well. Yeah. And that's, Those are very long doors. Those are very long doors. It's annoying. Uh, but now we do bring up some of the of the now we're bringing up the long doors. So we'll start talking about the Mustang. Mm-hmm. And I know yeah. I, I've had some time with the GT and with the EcoBoost, both more so GT on street and then EcoBoost a little bit of time on track. Now, when we went to the MPG event last year, the EcoBoost Mustang was probably not the best car suited to Big Willow. Because it's not really sure. Like, it, the, the GT was it was better suited that, but I noticed obviously the turn in with a much lighter front end uh, with the EcoBoost. Now we know you've been doing some work with the EcoBoost Mustang. Can you tell us a little about what's going on with that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have uh, several cars in our development stable. Actually, Ford um, uh, has one of them right now. The the car I think you know that that we did for SEMA last year and. Um, uh, when SEMA was done, uh, Ford requested to use the car, uh, so it, it travels around with Formula D right now and is at uh, all of the Formula D events at, and uh, on display. Uh, then we have uh, a couple cars that we're working on uh, in, in for development of products. Um, so, uh, you know, absolutely, Ford wants to sell Mountain Performance kits for the. Uh, for the EcoBoost version. So a couple different things. I mean, we'll have our, our typical uh, sh- uh, upgrade path where we have an MP product, which is a, an upgrade that, that maintains the warranty and, and passes emissions in, in various regions. And uh, then we'll go beyond that with turbo upgrades and and um, larger intercoolers, exhausts. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, it, it does take us, I, I would say, longer than other uh, many other companies because for a lot of different reasons. I mean, we do quite a bit of in- engineering and development to make sure the products that we do offer maintain, uh, you know, an OE level, again, of quality and reliability. Uh, then there's also the Ford tie-in because, uh, you, know, we, you know, on an MP-level kit, we have to make sure that it passes all of their requirements. So that would be for emissions and reliability and corrosion and, you know, the list goes on. So that takes some time. So, uh, you know, we're feverishly working on all of the products. So I, I would say probably you'll start seeing items from us in the next few months. But... Um, I'm not going to divulge any power levels on that yet, but, um, you know, I mean, you can see, I mean, there's, there's some guys out there right now running, uh, EcoBoost Mustangs in the drag strip doing some incredible things. So it does have a lot of potential. I mean, the car is, is, um, I think a great platform for modifications and, and depending on what you want to do with it, I mean, um, 
you know, it's it's I think a, a different alternative than than the V8 car. And uh, you know, I from what I hear, it's selling quite well. Um, I see a ton yeah. of them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's 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 always funny to me when the Mustangs come out how quickly they propagate mm -hmm. because they sell. You know, a large part. You know, Mustangs and Camaros sell similar numbers. You know, when they're mid run, you know, they're very close. Mm -hmm. But when the Mustangs come out, you always just see them pop on the market so fast, and they're just. They'll be out for a month, and then next thing you know, it's like a common car you see in traffic. You know, you you see the first couple ones, you're like, oh, that's the new one, and now it's just like, eh, it's another. You yeah, know? they, they I are everything. Yeah. The best, the, the rear end of the car, it, I still think it, that is a really, really good angle. The rear three quarter and everything with that, with the tail lights and everything, mm -hmm. I, I think it's a very. Initially, I was a little, uh, I'm not, I wasn't sure about it, but now the more I've seen, it, I still think it's a very attractive car. Yeah, they, they they did a great job styling that car. I mean, it's you know, it's I think it's a nice blend between you know its traditional uh, foundation and heritage, but yet it's got a lot of dare I say European cues to it. I mean, the, the headlight area. And, <laughs> Aston and, uh, Martin. Yeah, well. <laughs> Ford made that no, investment. No, nobody yeah. bought, uh, ripped that off at all, no. allegedly. I, I think they still own that design, right? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, the engine itself, though, the the 2.3 liter, uh, you know, the, the head of uh, a cylinder head uh, is different than the, the Focus ST. It's got oh, it is. Yeah, it's a different exhaust port uh, arrangement. So it's, it's still goes yeah, into a Yeah, I guess that would make sense because you're not going transverse, so – You've probably got like a different angle on the port and everything, right? Well, I, I don't know about that. I think it was more of just the, the performance um, requirements. So okay. it's the same head that's going to be on the RS. All the the, the RS has uh, is cast from different material. Uh, the physical configuration is exactly the same. So it had a different horsepower uh, and power profile that it had to meet compared to the ST. So instead of one big opening like the ST, this has a divided opening. So it's... I guess you could say it's um, oh, so kind of a twin scroll <laughs> setup, but um, oh, that makes sense. I mean, that they're dividing it and keeps the uh, exhaust velocity probably much higher, mm -hmm. and then that comes out, spools up even quicker. Yeah, it's it's you know again, it's Ford is trying to uh, supply engines and, and produce engines that have a very uh, broad power band, and and that's you know one of the things that will do it. So well, I think you've got to do that in the U.S. market because people here have this. You know, people here have, for better or worse, people here like to see big numbers on horsepower. Sure. You know, whereas the, that's not necessarily the biggest thing in the world in a lot of other markets. Um, and then, you know, that big f broad flag torque curve, you know, people go, oh, what about when, you know, it's a 999cc three cylinder? And it's just like, yeah, but then you get it and it pulls like your V6 did, you mm -hmm. know, 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, so if you've got that broad torque line i think it goes a long way into tricking people's minds if it might only be 120 horsepower but because it's got that consistent pull it makes things feel yeah when you drive it it to. feels right you know and yeah. as they always say horsepower sells cars but torque wins races so it's it's i think it's evident especially if you drive the three-cylinder uh a one liter Ford yeah, engine and the Fiesta awesome. and the Focus. I mean, it's an amazing engine. Awesome. And, you know, one, one, depending on the region, I mean, they're 125 horsepower. We have a kit that brings it up to 165 now. And it, it, <laughs> That's pretty know, amazing. A out whopping a, 165. Out of a one liter motor. But yeah, well, yeah, you yeah. think about that. So yeah. double that, that would be 330 horsepower. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's. It, that's pretty good. I mean, that's more power, you know, per liter than than your ST has. So it's, uh, you know, it's it's again, it's, it's 
the engineering that's going into these uh, the, these this new range of forty eco boost engines is quite impressive, and I think you know it's only going to get better. But um, yeah, you know, back on the Mustang, I mean, it's you know there's a lot of potential with that car, and you know I, Ford is selling from what we hear about four thousand a month. I mean, between V eight, V six, and four cylinders. Yep. So it's um, it, that's some pretty. I'm very sig- curious to see what the splits are between V eight, V six, and four cylinder. I mean, originally we heard it was, uh, I, I guess, close to fifty percent V eight, and then twenty five percent and twenty five percent on the V six wow, and four that's cylinder. Higher than I thought it would be. Yeah. Well, I you know we we theorized that perhaps the enthusiasts, traditional Mustang enthusiasts, were buying the cars when they first came out. And, of Which course, they sense. would probably want the okay. V8. But I think as time goes and, you know, and there, you know when there will be when – when performance parts come out for the, the EcoBoost, and, and there are a few already, but I, I think we're only seeing the beginning. I mean, you'll see more and more of those. SEMA will be crazy, I'm sure, for it this, oh, yeah. this coming year. Oh, yeah. Um, so you guys – so that's an interesting because that will be a nice upgrade for a lot of people with – like you know, Jason, with with the Focus SD, you'd probably be able to get that cylinder head and pop it right on there. So um, different, different displacement, as they kind of really. No, it, 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 well, it's there. There are some differences. So that the um, being direct injection, there's the high pressure fuel pump, and that is different. So oh, it is. Uh, you know, yeah. I don't know if how technical really. you guys want to get, but yeah. I'll tell you what. Um, what we helped out uh, uh, Ford do is. Um, They've they've taken the 2.3 liter out of uh, it's one of the Lincolns I forget whatever the SUV is mm-hmm. um, it has the 2.3 so they've taken that engine and put it in a Focus ST so stock horsepower is 280 and and I forget what the torque is a little bit over 300 foot pounds of torque and everything bolted right in and so that's kind of a test mule uh, I don't know campaign car if you will with a bunch of performance parts on it that that uh, you know it's even got a quaff limited slip and and uh, so. Uh, Ford Racing or Ford Performance has built that car just to, to, to play around with, yeah. if you will. I've, speaking of the Quaves, I've seen that you guys have been distributing those mm-hmm. because that's always been one of the big knocks against you know the Fiesta ST is that people go, oh, it doesn't have a limited slip differential. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't driven one with the, with the Quaife Definit. What can you say to that? I mean, how, how different does it feel from the uh, electronic LSD stuff that they're doing right now? Well, especially in the Fiesta, uh, it's amazing. Um so the torque, one of the one of the issues is these um, or challenges. These cars have torque vectoring in them, and so uh, with the torque vectoring on uh, can have a tendency to try to override the the benefit of a quaff. But mm-hmm. actually, on the Fiesta, it's a it's a newer version of the torque vectoring, and so installing the quaff on there is a big difference. And, and um, uh, a big improvement, uh, especially when you start adding additional horsepower to the car like yours. So I think it's something that you should probably consider because if you drive aggressively, you will see the difference in the car, and especially in the cornering. I mean, yeah. t- you know, the Quaife uh, differential, the RATB, uh, the way they work, I mean, uh, they're perfect for front-wheel drive cars. Yeah, because that was always uh, – I had an SRT4 back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, and that was – it was a, the first year of it, and it would, did not have the LSD. And that was that, – I mean, in that car especially, because that thing – you just crank up the boost like crazy on those. Um, it was a big problem. I mean, mm-hmm. it really got to be a big problem. I don't see it as much in the Fiesta, but, I mean, that's a lot less power. Um, but that said, I mean, we're doing the full mounting kit on that, on, on that car, so I'm sure – 
Uh, you know, I've driven Thad's car, which has got the full cob kit on it, mm-hmm. and I mean, it really does start overwhelming. You know, those front front wheels, and I'm sure the mountain kit will probably probably be able to do the same at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely, and and uh, it is, I think, an essential upgrade. And and you know, if you recall back. Uh, when the first Focus RS came out back in, I don't know, 2002, so it's two, 2002 yeah. yeah, in the original chassis, it came factory with a Quaife limited slip differential in it. So, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But I thought that that was a little bit uh, darty on the power delivery. Well, I it could have been, correctly. but I mean, you have to remember that was, you know, the engine technology yeah. or control technology was a lot different, you know, 13 years ago. But, um, but yeah, no, the Quaifes do work quite well, and we uh, we move a lot of them because of that reason. And uh, um, we were just talking on the, the the Focus that I came in today. You know, it's 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 nearing 400 horsepower. And it definitely needs some help in in the differential department because the, it's all stock right now. So it's um, yeah. it, it needs it. So it's uh, I, I think you know as a mechanical differential goes in a front wheel drive. I mean that's probably the best option. Out I think there. The, the scary thing about doing a diff in a front wheel drive car is I mean it's unlike a rear wheel drive car where you pop the rear end and you know it's still it's still not a super easy installing. You're probably better off having somebody that's used to doing you mm-hmm. know diff work or transmission work do it. But, I mean, on a front-wheel drive car, I mean, it's major surgery. You don't want um, a shade tree mechanic doing all that No. Kind of I mean, I'm pretty confident in my skills, but I won't do I a front-wheel drive either. diff. Yeah, um, but, I mean, I think you're going to spend more time actually pulling the gearbox out of the car than swapping in the differential. So, it's, Have you done it already? Yeah, or? no, no. We, we do yeah. it at our facility. Oh, I just so, meant, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. How, it's a, how... What's I mean? What's I, I think you're going to spend about two hours putting the differential into the gearbox, taking it apart, setting yeah. it up, and it's it's not bad. I mean, when you pull the original differential carrier out, you know, obviously you have to change the bearings or pull the bearings off. Yep. Uh, but um, really, the best way to do it is just buy new bearings and seals and, and crown wheel bolts. Put yeah, them all, so it's I mean, no why deal. cheap out on the stuff yeah, after and, you're putting an expensive part in? Yeah, I mean, there are some shims in there that you need to look at and make sure the backlash is all correct. But we've never had to reshim one; everything's always worked out. Yeah. So I think you know uh, th- that's a really the really good thing with the Quaife differentials is they're built to such a high tolerance that they maintain all the factory dimensions and everything just drops right in. So, so. it's not like buying the Pep Boys diff and throw it <laughs> in the back of a nine inch. <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, well, there was probably those. Uh, there's so many uh, not Ford nine inches out there over the years, but um, no, I, I think it's a good upgrade. And again, it's it just shows where this whole um, product line is going for the Focus and Fiesta STs. I mean, consumers want a wide range of products, and you know, not only Mountain. There's other companies offering a lot of great products too. So it is again a good time, you know, if, if to be an enthusiast in so, this market. Obviously, if the Mustang stuff hits the market this coming year, and mm-hmm. it sounds like it probably will, mm-hmm. um, that could be a potential big changer for the way the Mountain does business. Is that uh, is that a fair assessment? I would think so. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what we're uh, planning on. We're actually um, uh, putting some things in place to take care of the increase in business, and then that, along with the RS early next year, I think it'll be uh, uh, you know quite exciting for all of us. Uh, you know, the Mustang itself is could be a whole business you know by itself. And right. Well, yeah. I mean, the Mustang market is—it's massive. Huge. Yeah. It's huge. Um, it always will be because everybody 
wants a Mustang. It's mm. just it's it's going to be it's a stable of American culture and American car culture, and it won't go away. And it's a good thing because it's awesome. I mean, Mustangs, Harleys, Corvettes. I mean, those are three things that you just you rarely see them. Is originally they shipped out the door. Somebody's always done at least a little something to them. Yeah. Well, it's it's. They're great platforms. I think people buy them to modify or personalize, really. I mean, that's what you're doing. But, you know, I think for us, too, if you think about it, is is that for Mountain, I mean, we're a global company. So we sell to, you know, we have uh, we have dealers all over the world. And now that the Mustang is going to be global, I mean, that's going to impact yeah. us that way, too. So we have, uh, you know, a deal with Ford of Australia. It's very similar. Yeah, I was going to so, say, the, yeah. the Aussie market looks like it's been picking up quite a bit for yeah, you guys. The Australian market is doing quite well. So Ford of Australia is, is uh, actually doing a similar program to what we have here in the States and England where – the consumer could go in and, and buy the product and, and maintain the warranty and or not. I mean, you can go beyond that, too, if you want to. But um, so, you know, they'll embrace the Mustang product line as well when that uh, becomes available. And then same thing at, uh, with Ford of UK and Ford of Europe. And uh, we're partnering up uh, with Ford performance on a few things mm-hmm. too so um you know we'll be offering some of their products to complement ours and th- it just makes sense i mean they're our partners so um they already have some really cool products in line so um but yeah i mean the mustang just by sheer numbers alone i mean that's impressive I mean, and of course in china too we do a lot yeah. of business in asia yeah. and uh consumers over there are already you know are ready contacting is on a daily basis for items so that's interesting because i don't you know when you when you think of this stuff and especially i think we're in a little bit of a bubble that we usually think of you know the european market and the u.s market how does the asian market deal as far as you know, is bringing aftermarket parts into it is it is it a lot different as far as getting through government regula- regulations and all that kind of stuff or is it is it just business as usual well well that's a really good question because i mean to, to asia you know is obviously a big place so if you took um, if you talk about mainland China in itself, uh, I would say the the consumer there is very much like an American consumer where they're willing to um, go, I guess, a little bit further than a typical European customer does in, in the way they modify their car. Mm-hmm. They want the big turbos. They want the cams, rods, pistons. Well, their warranty situation is probably drastically different over there too, mm-hmm. isn't it? I just don't think they care. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I, I think they just want, you know, they want a bigger show. They want a bigger, they want more power. Um, you know. And then the Aussies are the king of that. Yeah, the Aussies are the burnouts. Do. These guys yeah. love burnouts. Yeah. They want to do burnouts. Yeah, they do. They love the burnouts. Awesome. So awesome. if you compare um, a European or we'll spe- uh, specifically talk about a, um, a British customer, they're, they're, they are very concerned with the warranty because the price of a car is very expensive there. Price of fuel is yeah. expensive. Car ownership here for us in the States is it's inexpensive, really, compared to many parts of the world. Um, but back in Asia, I mean, you know, you have different regions, too. So mainland China, they want big they want big turbos. They want limited slips. They want it all. If you go into other places, uh, Malaysia, Thailand, probably a little bit more subdued. Singapore is almost impossible to do anything. Oh, Hong yeah, Kong. I, I, I lived there in, uh, in 2013 for some time. I think it was like there for like six months, mm. and you it is astronomically expensive to own a car sure. there. Isn't and it to do like, anything? It's, it's like to bring in something simple like a 
Kia, it's like eighty grand, isn't it's it? It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Your, your yeah. basic car that you would think here, a normal commuter twenty thousand dollar car is a hundred thousand dollar car. There, yeah, the, you have to apply for a. It's called a uh, certificate of entitlement, mm-hmm. and that goes with the car. And I think they last ten years per car. So. Uh, I mean, I just know, for example, like a, an STI, Subaru STI, was something like a quarter of a million dollars. I mean, and, and people would buy because yeah. you can finance it forever. Well, there was so. a really good video that the Monte Car Mods guys did a couple of years ago when they went to go see their Singapore fans where they cover all that. And it was just like, I had no idea. I mean, mm. like you were saying, STI is like a quarter of a million dollars there. I mean, sure. it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. But I mean, I kind of get it too because the population density is so high yeah, in those countries. High. They're trying to dissuade yeah. people from doing that. I mean, it's just a logistic But they have a great issue. public transportation system. Too, it's so. pretty excellent. I mean, yeah. we had uh, something that we had a Mercedes Viano van to go drive around in, which was just for, for us when we were over there. And I'm sure uh, you guys get some special exemption on that too because it was U.S. government. Yeah, so. it was still something kind of interesting with that. Yeah. And I mean, driving there was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, I had to go through her driver training and oh, you did? Singapore. Oh, yeah, I had to go through. I think I saw my driver's license in my wallet uh, from, from from the time in Singapore. But it's it's an interesting place to drive. Um, a lot of people there simply don't give a fuck. Yeah, they don't care about what's. It, it, there's some aggressive driving. You will sure. see some aggressive driving over there, and it's you're just like, okay, I'm just going to relax. I'm going to stay in my lane and go. But the thing that is not necessarily cars are the most you have seen. I've never seen more aggressive motorcycle drivers anywhere I've ever. Oh, been. yeah. They're fi- I mean, it is scary. Yeah. We all think they're MotoGP riders. And you see them running around and, and flip flops. Mm-hmm. No helmets, just on on the highway, just going. And it's just it's an interesting place. To That's live. because it's 400 degrees there. That's it why. is pretty hot. <laughs> it was miserable. But, uh, and then, but uh, then, but you go down towards uh, some of like near the uh, Marina Bay Sands and all that stuff in downtown Singapore, and you see just Lamborghinis just flying. Like you got people that have some some legitimate money there, some yeah. legis- legitimate business people that live there, and they don't care about what they're speeding. There, you see. Well, no, because a little, there. you know, a grant or whatever officer pulled you over, and that problem goes away. It's it's an interesting <laughs> place. Um, a lot of money as, there. As clean as it is from everything on there, you see some shady shit. So it's hmm. an interesting place. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed uh, being there and experiencing the culture because I enjoy being around culture. But that's, and that's, that's a fun place to visit. It's funny. I look at a lot of these places, and I see especially China now, and I look at it, and I go, they're going through the same kind of development that we did a hundred years ago where, sure. you know, they're still shaking a lot of stuff out. And I think, you know, as, as they progress they're I mean, they're a lot like us in a lot of regards anyway, being people are just people everywhere. But I mean, I think the way that I'm seeing some of the development happen and, and as far as real estate goes and some of the law stuff happens, it's like, it's just like the U S a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it is, you know, you pay off the guy that, that pulled you over and the problem goes away and, you know, you get these crazy factory conditions and all that's changing. And um, it's a it's, young country. It's it's I think. Well, it's an old than, country. It's an old I mean, country, it's old country but, but it's a rebooted. That's like 60 years or something yeah. like that. Yeah, that's pretty it's, new. Uh, it's what? That's pretty new. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's yeah. fairly young for the new way. Uh, but it's it's an interesting it's an interesting country to live in. I'll I'll, uh, I'll give it that. Singapore's kind of. Yeah, Singapore is interesting. But uh, oh, we also sell in Hong Kong, and that's great for us, too. I mean, there's well, a lot of enthusiasts. Yeah. So Hong Kong's completely different than mainland China because the cars are right-hand drive versus left-hand drive. I'm guessing and, a lot of UK stuff just goes, we'll yep. sign it right over there. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and we have um, a really good distributor. I think every Fiesta ST that was sold in Hong Kong has our kit on it. Now, right. that's great penetration, but, again, it's just a small area. But he I just, think that I think there's you know probably a couple hundred cars there, and, and – uh, <laughs> 
and of course everybody wants the RS there as well. So it's uh, you know regionally though it's it's it it is different. Uh, it is interesting to see the different customers and and how, you know what they expect out of the products or what they're looking for. And uh, you know even the Canadians are different than the Americans. Imagine that. But I mean the way they buy products and what they expect. And well, once again, cars are more expensive. Sure, yeah, You've a lot of deal. the STs up there. Very few Focus STs in Canada. So yeah, they. I mean they're. Their environmental laws are pretty strict there. Mm-hmm. They're, uh, I mean, things are taxed very, you know, very high. And then, of course, their uh, their penalties for any sort of uh, hooliganism on the roads are really, really, really? high. Okay. Um, they had those, uh, I think it was some sort of foreign dignitaries or whatever a couple of years back that were on the highways and supercars uh, decided to get a little crazy. And they, I think they got in some serious, serious trouble over there in Canada. Yeah, they will impound battle. cars and just take them away from you there. Uh, hmm. You've got you do something stupid enough, and they'll just take your car. Um, well, that probably uh, that, that's the reason why they're they they seem to be a little bit more conservative well, that, on their vehicle it, modification. Like the Canadians so. in general are just a little yeah. more conservative. I mean, it's like America light. You yeah. know? <laughs> Maybe it's more like Minnesota light. You know, I don't think it's like L.A. light, but uh, yeah. Well, yeah, so. there's a bit of a difference between L.A. and. Yeah, but yeah, no, we're excited about the Mustang for sure, especially getting it out globally and uh, you know to, to to get those products out there to the enthusiasts and customers. I mean, we have, you know, there isn't a day that goes by that someone doesn't call us or email, hey, when can I get the mount to an upgrade for my Mustang? And and uh, so we're excited about that. And then again, like I said, naturally the RS is you know people are already sounds like you're really really itching for the RS. Well, you know, I mean, it's you know, who wouldn't be? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, are you, do you think you're going to end up getting one for yourself, or? Oh, I, yeah, for oh, sure. You've already got Why one. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. So, it's already it's a done deal. Your car might be uh, going back to stock, and some parts might be available <laughs> at some point because, yeah. Uh, you know what though? I, I the ST. I mean, I might keep it. Who knows? We'll see. Thanks for. I already awesome. have too many cars, but you know, the thing is, is I, that that ST is the way it, it it's. Uh, it's light, you know, I think compared to the RS, although I don't know what the true RS weight is, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, that car right now has basically RS power. It just doesn't have RS traction. Yeah. So, that's Which would be interesting to see if you could transplant that at some point because that would, I mean, you might be able to, you know how Ford is with their parts. I mean, you can buy a regular Mustang right now and they've already said everything for the GT350 is going to be available aftermarket. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, it'd be, I mean, it'd be a big, big bit of surgery for your car but, i think this uh, goes back to how you said did did you want to turbocharge a non-turbocharged car no no just buy yeah. an rs no no that's a good point <laughs> i don't I, I think the way the uh the the, the drive system and is so integrated i i don't know i think it sounds like it'd be very difficult because you know we've all seen that it's going to have a drift mode and it's able to transfer 70 percent of the drive to the rear and it's you know adjustable Damn. suspension and so you know, there's all know. there's all I'm, kinds I'm, of I'm cool getting things. sold on this car now. I'm thinking I'm just itching <laughs> my head. Should I? Should I no, your car's nice. It's 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 good enough. You know what it's, you do? It's good. Enough. Hang on for a little bit and just yeah. pick one up in the used market. You're happy with your car right now. I'm Give it a year. Somebody will trade it in. You'll plus I put so, oh god I put miles on cars. It's terrible. Well, that's why you you, you keep the ST. Yeah. That's your daily, and the RS is the special car. Uh, no, the no, next car's got to mm-hmm. be something. I, I, I'm gonna get. He's got. You've got, heard about his Mustang. Oh right? yeah, yeah. I've yeah. Seen oh it. my God, yeah. my Albatross. That car. <laughs> I, I, it, it. I don't know if I want to get it. Fuck that car. That's what I'm going to say. That it is. It has been, uh, and it's not necessarily the car's fault. It's just. It's the process. It's the process. Yeah. It's it's with where the guy who I'm have been building the car with. He has to pay his bills, and this is our project. So when we have time to build it, hmm. that's when we do it. So he has. 
cars that are coming in his shop that he needs to get done because he's got to keep his lights on. So when we got time to get back to it, and he's been having some stuff going on with him, uh, but it, it literally we had to figure out this intercooler thing, and now it's kind of figured out. Oh, it is. It's okay. figured out. I have to. Uh, we're we're switching over to a um, what is it? Uh, to coil packs vice the distributor system. So we're running okay. that those coil packs, running the intercooler the intercooler tubing forward through the. Uh, firewall and the radiator core support and all that kind of good stuff. So we're running it that way. So it's, wow. I'll, I'll, once it's done in the next five years, hopefully, uh, I'll definitely bring it up there and let you just get underneath it and see how crazy it is. Right. But I think we all have cars like that that it are sucks. albatrosses and, and, you know, they're just a, a sinkhole for I, money. I, when it's gone, I'll enjoy it, sell it, get something cheap to just kick the snot out of. I might just buy a vet, call it a day. Just get something simple, easy, that's running. <laughs> Yeah. That I can drive and enjoy. That's kind of big. Rather than just it's so, sitting in the back. Ken, you said you had a bunch of projects. You've got a bunch of stuff. What do you have? Uh, well, uh, mostly old Lotuses. I have uh, a collection of uh, some running, some not. So a Lotus 7, a 62 Lotus 7. Okay. Um, several uh, Elans, Lotus Elans. I've had Lotus. I'm guessing those are the ones that are predominantly not running. <laughs> Uh yeah, one is almost done. I mean, okay. uh, so I have a, one that I drive all the time. That you know, we go up in Mulholland and Angeles Crest and all of that. So they're all series ones and twos, which means they're early cars and very lightweight. Uh, and they're fun and not not a lot of power, but well balanced. And I've had my um, I don't know how many Cortinas over the years, Mark ones, Mark twos, Lotus Cortinas. So uh, kind of into the the Lotus and English Ford scene, yeah. if you will. Not that I don't like other cars. It just it just happens that it just that was kind of happens, and yeah. then you get into something, and you, pretty soon you have a whole parts department in your garage, and it makes sense to keep going that way. So, um, but yeah, just just those. I mean, that's it. It really. happens. Yeah, yeah I think projects happen. I'm not going into a project like that again, though. I gotta. No. It's gotta go to something that's that's driving. I've been toying with the idea. Now I've just been, and I've been talking to this on Camden Tub as well. It's just something that I've been thinking about, and I don't know if I really, really want to do it. Just kind of this, uh, I don't know. So if I sell it, which I more than likely when it's done, I will. I've been toying with the idea of a seventy to seventy-two skyline and importing one of those over and leaving it kind of as it is. Eh, maybe do something like a Rebello three-liter, just a nice uh-huh. stroker motor, and just something relatively simple. But the thing is, is I'm hearing some parts are still pretty hard to come by, even getting them here. That. So I'm like, uh, it, and the thing is, they're not cheap. <laughs> to even no, bring not, regular 2000 GT, they're, and they're not. It's not. And you're not doing a GT. I'm a GTR clone. That's the only way you can do it. Because I would. There's no way I would get a regular GTR from mm-hmm. that. That's like two hundred thousand dollar car. No, thank mm-hmm. you. But a regular 2000 GT, a nice one, is forty fifty grand, and then you got to import it. Yeah. So, th- is it worth it? I don't know. And they're probably very rusty, and that's and that. Uh, yeah, of that yeah. vintage. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. gonna do a lot of. Yeah. You're gonna do a lot of. But they they look great. I mean, they're unique, and that's what's really cool about them. But a lot of people think they're, they're German looking. I get a lot. Like yeah. when I say, "What do you think about this?" That's a, is that German? Yeah. A lot of people think that. You I, know what? I get that though. A lot of the early Japanese stuff. I mean, they were spending a lot of their time playing catch up, and they were copying the looks of a oh, lot yeah. of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just like look at the B. You know, look at the B cars. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were. They were really big rip-offs of some of the German stuff at the time, but cool cars nonetheless. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think uh, probably wrapped up on right now. Uh, Jason, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me uh, on my social medias, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Terminator, Con, C-O-N-N, uh, posting uh, car stuff, beer, food. 
dogs, stuff like that. That's just what I do. Right. Also, uh, weekly, occasionally, I've been kind of missing out recently on the Canada Tub podcast. I'm on that uh, fairly often uh, with Bradley Brownell and Cameron Vanderhorst. Uh, so check that out if you want to hear some of other exploits of car ranting. That's of course, you can get that uh, search for it on iTunes, or you can hit up uh, my company, Shout Engine, and find it's on it on Shout there. As well. uh, just search for Camden Tubden. I'm sure it'll probably come right up. You'll see on the uh, when we, we post it up, just like we do for the Hooniverse podcast, we'll post up the uh, the Camden Tub. We're part of the Hooniverse yep. podcast network, <laughs> as we're calling it. That's good. And then, Ken, tell us where we can find you and uh, all your cool stuff going on with Mountain. Okay, so probably the best place is mountainusa.com, and uh, you know that's our USA website, and uh, you can see what's going on there and then uh, of course we have our our facebook site uh, at mountain and uh, also on instagram so there's a lot going on and uh, uh, check it out uh, there's new things being posted all the time a lot of development in the next few months um, with uh, mustang parts and a lot of exciting new up- updates uh, for the focus st and fiesta st including big turbos and cams and rods and pistons and all the stuff that you know if you really want to go fast and um, no those aren't those won't be uh within the ford warranty program yeah you know but you know this is mountain plus so <laughs> yeah a lot of cool stuff so <laughs> you guys great. have some new stuff you've been bringing to SEMA this year or? um probably yeah, nothing you can talk about i'm guessing yeah i mean we're you know so we don't have our we, we, since ford is our partner in the usa uh, all of our products will be on display at the ford uh ford performance i always want to call it ford racing but ford performance stand uh, a, a booth truck whatever you want out front in in sema where uh, all the drifting and rally cross um exhibition is and so you'll find all of our products there we're building a actually a couple cars for them right now okay. so uh, you'll see uh, at sema i think um people will be excited and um you know, that's actually not too far away. What, five months, six months, oh, five months? I'm guessing you guys you are probably it. starting down the uh, planning already. Oh, so. my gosh. It's just, it never ends. I feel like every time SEMA is over, it just starts again the next day. But, uh, yeah, busy. I mean, that's also um, the uh, season finale for the Global Rallycross Series, yep. which we're a big part of with Ford there, too. So we've won uh, our team, which is Olsberg's, has won for the last, what, six or seven years using our our, uh, well, I guess it's probably close to 700 horsepower Fiesta engine. So there you go. But, uh, mm. that, thanks a lot. All right. So we'll see you at SEMA. Yep. And uh, go check them out on, online. Found, look up Mountain. You'll find them immediately. Yep. You'll find me on Twitter at Hayes Data, rambling stupid things at 3 o'clock in the morning because I'm exhausted and running too many things. Uh, and then, of course, you can always see me on Smoke Tire Podcast, too. Uh, and I guess that's it for uh, Universe 113. Next week, we'll have uh, Glucker's uh, Pretty Amazing Story.